you are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Thursday, October 21st, 2021, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, we will continue giving out our season grades, filling out our report cards for the 2021 Baltimore Orioles. And today, we take a look at, most specifically, the second base position. Now, we're going to focus on the two guys who, essentially, by the end of the year, were the most common second baseman, uh, obviously, before injuries. That is Pat Faleka and Ramon Arias, and two guys who are probably heading on different paths this offseason as well. And joining us to talk about those two guys is, once again, Dylan Atkinson. He was on yesterday's episode as we talked about the Orioles' first baseman. We gave grades to Ryan Mountcastle and and Trey Mancini with Dylan on yesterday's episode. That was Wednesday. If you missed that one, make sure to go back and listen to that pod. Really good conversation about two of the best Orioles here in 2021. But today it is the finish of that full conversation with Dylan where we talked about second base. And again, it's Valeka and Arias with Dylan Atkinson who writes about the Orioles over at Utah Street report. So we will talk about those guys, give out some grades about Arias's great year, about Valeka's disappointing year, and why we think he won't be an Oriole in 2022. And then we will uh, talk a little bit about the playoffs at the end of the pod here, because hey, uh, the championship series are winding down. We're getting close to the World Series, and we'll talk a little bit about that as well. And that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked on Orioles podcast. And before we get to it, just did want to thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first listen of the day. Locked on Orioles is free and available on all podcast platforms, wherever you're listening, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever it may be, free and available for you. And here's the other best thing about Locked on Orioles. It is the only podcast bringing you daily Orioles content. That's right. Monday through Friday, you wake up, you got a new episode of Locked on Orioles in your inbox. You can't find that anywhere else. And even as we get deeper into the offseason, we will cut back uh, next month to three episodes a week. But still, it'll be Monday, Wednesday, and Friday here on the pod. And it'll still be the only podcast with Orioles episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And uh, it should be a great offseason as well for the Orioles. We'll see what they will do. And we will have it all covered here on on the podcast. But again, if you like what you're hearing here on Locked on Orioles, make sure you are liking the podcast, followed, subscribed, whatever you need to do on whatever listening platform you are on. And uh, if specifically you're listening on Apple Podcasts, and that is how you get your podcast, make sure to give us a rating and a review if you can. You just scroll down to the bottom of the podcast page and uh, it gives you a, a chance to give us potentially five stars on the podcast. And also leave a quick review just about your thoughts on the pod, what we're doing great, what we could do better potentially. Also, you can leave some comments about the Orioles in that section. You can leave a question about the Orioles in that section. We'll get to it on a future mailbag episode, uh, but it really, really helps out the pod if you uh, scroll down there and leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. But again, we get to today's episode, and we are talking about Orioles second baseman, specifically Pat Faleka and Ramon Arias, and grading out their 2021 seasons with Dylan Atkinson of Utah Street Report. And these two guys had very different seasons and are on very different paths with the Orioles. Of course, Arias, who the O's claimed off waivers before the 2020 season from the Cardinals, he was the guy who spent you know most of 2020 in the Orioles alternate site, came up at the end of the year and impressed in 
you know, very few chances. And we sat there thinking, why didn't this guy get more of a chance? I was pretty impressed by him. I was very high on Arias last offseason. Well, he proved me right in uh, this season. In 2021, Arias was fantastic. He ended up with a better war, according to Fangraphs, than Ryan Mountcastle. If you're going just by war, Arias is 1.7 war, beats Mountcastle's 1.6 among Orioles rookies. So maybe we should be calling for Arias to be the Rookie of the Year candidate for the Orioles. But he was good defensively. He was fantastic at the plate. And I don't know if he's a future starter, but he looks like a future piece, whether it's you know a bench batter otherwise for the Baltimore Orioles. But on the other side, of course, Pat Vileka kind of had the flip side of it. Vileka was with the Orioles for all 60 games pretty much in 2020, was a surprising bat for them after they claimed him off waivers from the Colorado Rockies before that season. Season, and he gave them some much-needed offense at times in 2020, but that offense went away here in 2021. He spent a lot of the year at AAA. He came back to the O's at the end of the season to play a lot of second base because the Orioles had so many injuries in the infield, including the injury to Ramon Arias that forced him to miss about the last three weeks of the year. And uh, Vileka was, was kind of solid defensively after he was pretty bad defensively in 2020, but he was awful with the bat here in 2021. All of his offensive prowess went away, and now he is arbitration eligible, do more than a million dollars potentially in 2022, meaning the Orioles with all the infield options they have, probably not going to bring Vileka back, looks like maybe the easiest non-tender candidate. But we will get to all of that right now with Dylan Atkinson. He covers the Orioles over at Utah Street Report. He's been on this podcast multiple times before, including yesterday when he was on the pod to talk about Trey Mancini and Ryan Mountcastle. And now today we jump right into the continuation of that conversation. We're grading out the Orioles' second baseman, Pat Faleka and Ramon Arias, with Dylan Atkinson coming up after this break. So we'll give out some grades for the season to Pat Faleka and Ramon Arias with Dylan Atkinson in just a second. But first, this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using rockauto.com, so why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? rockauto.com's prices are reliably low for every single customer, and they've been that way for 20 years. And they truly have everything you could need for your car or truck. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all those parts available for your car or truck. And write Locked On Orioles in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com I don't think Pat Flake has any shot of being back with the Orioles in 2022. He you know, is, is due for arbitration. There's a million infielders who the Orioles need to take a look at, and they've taken their look at Pat Faleka. And it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but it's certainly not the best. And so in what I assume will be the final season with the Orioles, what grade do you give Pat Faleka? Real quick before I give the grade, I, I, I think you went with Faleka here because you wanted to end this on a good note. So, <laughs> uh, so I am actually going to give Faleka a D minus. I decided to not go as low as an F just for the sole purpose that, as some say, the, the best ability is availability. And in a time where the Orioles were hurting just to put bodies in the infield, he was just there, you know, so, so he was available just to be there. That's the only reason why I didn't go with an F here, but 
honestly, when you, when you look at his numbers from the shortened 2020 season to 2021, he gave some reason for hope in 2020. He played 52 games. You know, he had a 112 WRC plus, and he actually gave hope as a guy who could platoon against Southpaws. Against lefties last season, he had a 149 weighted runs created plus. This year, 51. Yeah. So uh, that, with that steep of a drop, uh, no, the, he will not be back in that, uh, next season. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to be a little nicer to Pat than you were. I'm going to give him a C minus on the season. And I think the availability thing is important because when the Orioles were not only shuffling through the guys like Mateo and Gutierrez and Arias and trying to find who could play and Jemai Jones, but also when those guys got hurt at the end of the year, when Arias got hurt and Richie Martin couldn't hit um, and they traded Galvis and they got rid of Franco, Valleca was there. And I will give him credit here. He made some of the worst plays I've ever seen a shortstop last year. Granted, he didn't have to play a lot of shortstop this year, which was good. Like when him and, and Arias were out there, they had Arias at short a lot of the time. But I was actually impressed by him defensively at second base. I thought he made some really good plays at second, and I thought he held his own when he had to play short much more so than last year. But the funny part was, last year we were like, wow, Pafalika's bat, like this could work. And all we did was make fun of his defense. Things kind of flipped this year. It was like... It was like Pafaleka is for some reason playing over Jemai Jones, and it was because he could pick it at second base, simple as that, but he couldn't make contact with the baseball. And as you said, he went from a lefty masher to a guy who wasn't hitting anything. And you just kind of look at what it ended with. And again, you know, he's only going to be due one to 1.5 million ish in arbitration, but Arias is your second baseman who we're going to talk about. And you, I think the Orioles still want to get a look at Gutierrez and they want to get a look, a longer look at Mateo and they want to get Jemai Jones, those at bats next year that he really didn't get this year. And I'm assuming they're going to bring in at least one veteran infield or maybe more. Obviously they brought in Galvis and Franco last year. I think they'll turn that into one more expensive, better infielder uh, this off season, but that's going to be a guy who's going to be in the lineup every day, taking away an infield spot. And so you, you look at that at the end of the day, and it's just like, I think Pat Felica could have performed even a little better this year, and we'd still be talking like this just because of the guys coming up, but he didn't do himself any favors. The only reason I'm giving him the C minus is that the Orioles infield defense was pretty bad for a while this year, and I thought when Valleca was in there at second base, it was actually a lot better. Um, but, and I think that was important for where the Orioles needed at the end of the season when he came back up. They just needed somebody like they were going to lose. They had guys who were hot. They had guys who couldn't hit. Like they just needed somebody to pick the ball at second base sometimes. Um, and I thought he gave them that. And uh, I just, I, again, I know it goes from shortened season to full season, but he only, you know, he, he did get 280 plate appearances this year, uh, but it's not like he played 162 or anything. So it's not like he went from 52 to 162, went from 52 to what, 80 some 91 games. And so, and for the numbers to look that much worse, it was concerning and it's, it's probably time to go, but I don't want to spend any more time on Pat Valleca because let's finish on a positive note. As you said, Ramon Arias, this, I think nobody believes this, but when you look at the Fangraphs war leaderboards, Ryan Mountcastle was not the Orioles rookie leader in Fangraphs war. It was Ramon Arias who had 1.6 over Ryan Mountcastle's 1.4 defensive versatility, ability to hit, especially with runners in scoring position, and just the overall way he played as a well-rounded player, I was extremely impressed by him. What grade would you give Arias? Uh, I am going with a B plus for Arias. Um, 
did, did anyone expect this? I mean, I mean, this is insane. I mean, he, he went from being, okay, he, he might get some, some, some infield utility reps, could be moved around the diamond a little bit, which he did move around the diamond, but then all of a sudden he started getting moved into the lineup a little bit more, hitting a little bit better. He was actually more of a reverse splits kind of guy. He, he had a 131 weighted runs created plus against righties, only 95 against lefties, which you know what, if, if there's a time to be a reverse splits guy, I'd say I'd prefer you hitting better off righties because that's the majority of the arms out there right now. But honestly, and a, a lot of times, even when you looked at the numbers, you almost couldn't even believe the numbers just because nothing necessarily always came hard off of this bat. But he was just always, uh, it, instead of being with the times uh, uh, in 2021, he's more just sprayed the ball around the field. And if you catch it, cool. If not, I'm going to bloop it in front of you for a hit. And I don't care what you think about it. And it, it worked for him this year. And uh, and I noticed the same thing that you did about him having a higher war than, than Mountcastle, than anybody else in this infielders group, that was pretty surprising to see. But uh, but overall, I have to give him a B plus for the uh, the 27 year old rookie. Yeah, I'm gonna go a minus for him. And I I do a lot of these off of expectations. And we expected Arias to be in a role this year where hey, you know, we we're kind of on him. I remember a lot of people were on him, including myself, in spring training, especially when you know remember the quick Yomer Sanchez era when when he was DFA'd. We said, oh, I guess the Orioles really like Arias enough. And felt like Rio Ruiz could play second base. That was a fever dream. But uh, yeah, remember back to April Orioles baseball. Um, but Ramon Arias, we were like, oh, they must like him enough to put him on the opening day roster. Like, good for him. Nice waiver claim by Mike Elias. He can fill a hole this year and then they'll, you know, get their prospects up. And then Ramon Arias decided that, you know, I'm going to be a, a 115 WRC plus hitter. I'm going to hit 279. I'm going to have a 361 on base. I'm going to hit seven home runs and 14 doubles. And again, might've been a little lucky. He had a 369 Babbitt on the year, which usually means that you're getting more dink and dunk hits to fall in than, than the normal guy, which when you watch him, as you talked about, you can kind of see that with the naked eye as well. It's not just something that you only get to see from the numbers, but I thought he swung the bat. Well, it's really important. I think sometimes to have a guy who can be a reverse splits guy who can hit righties, especially if you're going to play him a lot. Cause as you said, he's going to see more righties than lefties. And you know, the strikeout rate was still kind of high and you know, walk rate was okay, but he can play second, short, and third, which is important for a Mike Elias team. He loves guys who are versatile. Who, I mean, who wouldn't love a guy that's versatile in the infield? And I just think more than any Oriole not named Cedric Mullins, he defied expectations in 2021, and that's why I give him the A-. minus. Now, you know, if he would have cemented himself as a future starting infielder, that's where the A or A-plus would come in. I don't think that happened quite yet. He obviously finished the year on the injured list, like so many of these players in the Orioles did and, and, you know, didn't get to finish out a full year, but we still got a solid ish sample size. It was about 300 plate appearances. I mean, I know he had a little stretch where he wasn't hitting well early in the season and they called him back up and he started to turn it on again, but you know, we still don't know because it's still only 85 games and I don't think he's going to get, you know, 150 next year. Like there's going to be so many infielders that he's going to be in a rotation there, but he's going to get his chance. And if I'm penciling in the Orioles opening day lineup for 2022, like Arias is playing second base and he's probably hitting like sixth, maybe. And I'm feeling good about that at this point. So that's why he gets the A minus. And, you know, I don't think he's like the Orioles starting second baseman two years from now when they're trying to win baseball games. But there's a large group of guys who think they can compete for the utility infielder spot on that team. 
And I think Arias has the leg up on all of those guys right now. And I think he has a leg up on a couple of prospects even, which I think is another interesting part here. Like I think he has a higher standing than Jemai Jones and Ryland Bannon right now and a way higher ceiling than Richie Martin. So I think that's a, a good sign for him as well. And I think that bodes well for him going forward. And again, you know, the injury wasn't anything super serious. He's going to be perfectly good uh, for spring training. And so uh, definitely an exciting Ramon Arias year, but Dylan, thank you so much for joining us, giving out these grades. Um, again, a, a good group that you got this year to talk about with Mancini, Mount Castle, uh, Valleca and Arias. And uh, you know, three of these four guys, it seems will be, big part of the Orioles offense next year. Should they, uh, should the Orioles hold on to him? Obviously the hope is that Mancini is, is back for one more year, but uh, thanks again. And Hey, it was nice to, after a 50 win season, majority positive episode. I felt like today. It was a very positive episode. I, I appreciate you, uh, you bringing me back on and uh, I, I appreciate getting a, a little bit better of a group to, to go off of this year. It was, <laughs> it was a little, it was a little bit of a, a dreadful, but, so uh, last year talking about the uh, the reserve outfitter. So I mean, I'm glad I had a group that I could say some positive things about. It was nice. I appreciate you having me on, Connor. So we'll get back to the Orioles talk in just a second. But first, got to tell you about BetOnline.ag, which is back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline also remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So head to their new, updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Of course, the NBA season just starting this week. NHL starting last week. We got baseball postseason. We're headed to the World Series. So much going on. And bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. And again, you do it at betonline.ag, where the game starts. So our thanks again to Dylan Atkinson, writer over at Utah Street Report, for joining us once again to talk about the Orioles' second baseman, Ramon Arias and Pat Vileka, and give out some grades for their season. Again, that was the second half of a conversation that I had with Dylan posted the first half uh, on Wednesday's episode where we talked about the first baseman grading out Trey Mancini and Ryan Mountcastle in that episode. So go back and check that one out as well. And this whole week has been starting out this uh, report card series for the Orioles. But, you know, I think Dylan and I on the same page and basically every Orioles fan writer that I've talked to and have heard say anything about it kind of on the same page is that, you know, when you look at the eight arbitration eligible players for the Orioles, which I talked about on an episode last week and kind of gave early predictions on what could happen to all eight of those players this offseason, it felt like the easiest, most straightforward non-tender candidate is Pat Vileka. You know, MLBTradeRumors.com projected him to make more than a million dollars in arbitration this offseason. And with the Orioles bringing in so many, you know, kind of waiver claim type infielders like Jorge Mateo, and obviously Ramona Rios is one of them, Kelvin Gutierrez, uh, you know, still wanting to give maybe guys like Richie Martin a chance, obviously having Jemai Jones in the major league mix now and, and having all these players there. And, you know, you would presume that they're going to sign at least one major league ready veteran, you know, guy that can play either shortstop or third on the left side of the infield. It just leaves you without a spot for Pat Faleka. And I know the Orioles like him because he's so versatile. He plays all four infield positions and, you know, can play the outfield for you as 
defense well and has done it for the Orioles, but you know, it's just it's not there with the bat being gone. You know, that was his big thing that he gave to the O's in twenty twenty with the bat gone, probably a, a pretty easy non tender candidate. And that's why, you know, this discussion was so interesting because on the flip side, Ramon Arias like really made you think this year. Like out of all those infielders the Orioles brought in, Arias was by far the best of them this year, played good defense at second, short, and third base, and the bat was really, really good for the Orioles. I mean, he was hitting, you know, two seventy, two eighty on the year. And uh, I like Arias. I would like him to be on this team for a few years. I don't know if he's a starting infielder at the major league level on a good team, but I think he's a utility infielder and a bench bat on a good team. And I think uh, he could really be a useful piece for the Orioles going forward. I would be okay if on opening day 2022 next year, the plan is Ramon Arias is the Orioles starting second baseman. I would be totally fine with that. I think he proved that he can do that here in 2022. 21. But of course, uh, the Orioles are no longer playing baseball this season, but we still got the postseason going on. It's been uh, it's been interesting. It's been good, but you know, not a lot of the teams that I'm sure Orioles fans are cheering for uh, have done so well as uh, we've ended up, of course, with Red Sox Astros in the ALCS and Dodgers Braves in the NLCS, each of them playing on Wednesday night and uh, each of those games kind of flipping the series a bit. Uh, with the Astros going in and just uh, destroying the Red Sox 9-1 to in Game 5. Astros with a 3-2 lead now as the series goes back to Houston on Friday night. Astros with a chance to uh, win, just got to win one out of two games to get to the World Series. And then in L.A., I mean, Eddie Rosario took over on Wednesday night, and the Braves have a 3-1 to series lead over the Dodgers. They could close things out tonight in Game 5. Uh, now, who knows if they will? And if you remember, in the 2020 NLCS, the Braves had a 3-1 to lead over the Dodgers last year. And the Dodgers won three in a row to come back, get to the World Series, then, of course, win the championship in six games over the Rays. But this Braves team looks different. They look really, really good. And what a job they've done. I've talked about it before. You know, they lose Acuna and they remake their entire outfield. They trade for four outfielders at the deadline, and all four of those guys have been fantastic. Jack Peterson, Eddie Rosario, Adam Duvall uh, in that lineup for Atlanta. And uh, they've just been absolutely fantastic for this team and, uh, you know, you add in Jorge Soler, who, you know, hasn't even played in this NLCS because he tested positive for COVID-19. He was another guy they added in the outfield. And if they get him back at some point, if they would get to the World Series, they get even better. Uh, so they've been been pretty fun to watch. And uh, if you remember back on our postseason predictions episode a few weeks ago, that was my pick. Braves to win the World Series was my pick. And uh, I'm obviously sticking to that as they are one win away from the World Series. It was disappointing to see the Rays go out, I think, especially to the Red Sox. Uh, it was disappointing to see the Giants go out uh, to the Dodgers. You know, we were cheering for Kevin Gosman, obviously. Kind of you look around this championship series schedule and, you know, you're, uh, you're kind of void of many former Orioles here. Uh, Evan Phillips is on the Dodgers NLCS roster. That was somewhat surprising. Of course, Phillips was with the Orioles the last few years came over uh, in the Kevin Gaussman trade from the uh, Braves back in 2018 and been up and down between Norfolk and Baltimore in the bullpen. And uh, Phillips, who wasn't on the NLDS roster for the Dodgers, actually was on the NLCS roster, and he actually pitched and uh, pitched fairly well in the one Dodgers win of the series so far. That was in Game 3 back on Tuesday night, threw an inning and two-thirds scoreless out of the bullpen, three Ks, two walks, and allowed one hit and uh, was able to get out of an inning and uh, pitch kind of well. And he's, you know, throwing that slider a lot that I always liked and always thought the Orioles maybe gave up a little too early on Evan Phillips. But the thing is, he walks too many batters 
And besides that slider, he really doesn't have a second pitch. But it's been enough for the Dodgers to put him on the roster again. They've only used him uh, in one out of four games so far. So he's he's kind of the guy. You know, you look at the Braves. A couple years ago, they had a bunch of former Orioles when they had O'Day and Gosman and and Flaherty and, and Marcakis on that team. All those guys are are kind of gone. So it's it's Phillips with the Dodgers. Obviously, the Red Sox have Eduardo Rodriguez, but you know he never played for the Orioles. He was just a prospect. It was traded him for Andrew Miller at the deadline in 2014 and and really other than that you know there's there's not really anybody on Houston with a connection so uh you know maybe uh, if you're cheering for former Orioles it's kind of uh Evan Phillips kind of the last guy out there uh for the O's but uh should be good championship series and I gotta say you know even as bad as the Red Sox looked and uh, as much as I am seemingly cheering for the Astros somehow with the Red Sox in this ALCS. Uh, that offense has been so good in this postseason that I would now count them out, even though they're going back to Houston down 3-2. to two. Still think they have a good chance. And, you know, I'm, I don't want to count the Dodgers out because, again, they came back from 3-1 to one last year. But I really think this Braves team has it put together. I think the Dodgers are not playing good baseball. They're not hitting well at all right now. And I think we're going to see the Braves in the World Series. Astros, Red Sox, I think is still a toss-up. But I think uh, Atlanta is going to get a chance in the World Series. But uh, obviously looking forward to it. Playoff baseball, always fun. Can't wait till the Orioles are back in it. But uh, here on the pod, we'll be back with you tomorrow for one more episode here this week. As we're still going daily, Monday through Friday. Start a new series um, on tomorrow's episode that uh, we'll be doing most Fridays throughout the offseason. Unless there's other breaking news, obviously, to talk about on a Friday. We're going to start a free agent Friday series here on the podcast. And for most Friday episodes during the offseason, we're going to take a look at a position for the Orioles. Take a look at the free agent pool coming up here this offseason. And speculate on what potential free agents uh, the Orioles could go after at that position. Now, we know the aren't going to spend a whole lot of money this offseason. They're not going to sign a whole lot of free agents, but uh, we're going to take a look at every position around the diamond, including starting pitchers and relievers as well, and uh, maybe take a gander at who the O's could bring in. It'll be on smaller deals or guys on minor league contracts, but uh, tomorrow we will start with the catching position, and you know, the thought is that Pedro Severino might possibly be gone for the O's, so they may, they may be looking elsewhere for potentially Adley's backup. We'll talk about on tomorrow's episode uh, which free agent catchers could maybe help out the Orioles in 2022. But again, that's coming up on tomorrow's pod. Until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.